toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Crystal Water. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. If you haven't heard, we at Be The Love Podcast are so excited to announce the Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica Retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023 at the Magical Sunshine Sanctuary a jungle boutique in the Montezuma Bay area. Our women's spiritual retreat is designed to raise your vibration with yoga, meditation, cacao ceremony, ecstatic dance, sound healing, a deep dive soul journey with ocean energy, and authentic Costa Rican cuisine. We would absolutely love to have you join us in this beautiful location and experience. This is an intimate group setting with very limited availability. Check out the webpage with details and registration in our show notes. Register now for early bird pricing through May 1st, and we can't wait to connect with you. Our guest today is Crystal Water. Crystal's fairly unconventional life has brought her on an interesting journey so far. 
She was born at the Feathered Pipe Ranch in Helena, Montana, to parents who made their life's work around a vision of a world enriched by higher consciousness and holistic health. Her mom, India Supera, co-founded the Feathered Pipe Foundation, and her dad, Laughing Water, started the Real Food Store in Helena in 1975. Crystal spent her childhood immersed both in pristine nature and a wide community formed by people who came to teach, study, and heal from all over the world. Her work at the Feathered Pipe Ranch began with 10-cent foot massages on the front lawn, then took the natural shift to cleaning and cooking. And for the past 20 years, Crystal has been running Shanti Boutique, her own business in jewelry, design, and imports, in addition to nonprofit work with the Tibetan Children's Education Foundation. After the death of India in 2019, Crystal carries forward India's vision and expands it with her own vision of the Feather Pipe Ranch to be a place of healing, love, and inspiration for many. Thank you so much for being with, with us today, Crystal. Great. Thank you, Stacy and Brenda. It's great to be here. Yeah. So let's just dive in this unconventional uh, life. Tell us about this journey and what led you on your spiritual path. So I was really literally born into it. <laughs> and um, I, so I, <laughs> I guess I didn't have a choice in that sense, but it's pretty amazing, I guess, in that sense. But my mom um, came to um, to the Feathered Pipe Ranch in 1972, and my dad came in 1975, and that's the first year that the Feathered Pipe Foundation was um, running. It was actually the Holistic Life Foundation to start with, but it became the Feathered Pipe Foundation. But in any case, um, in 1975 is the first year that they had a workshop there, and my dad actually came as a cook. Um, to come and um, he was a friend of Judith Hansen Lassiter, who's a yoga teacher, and she came um, in 1975 also to to have the first workshop there, a three week yoga retreat. So that's how my dad ended up um, coming there. They were they, he had been college friends with Judith Lassiter, and um, and she said, "Hey, why don't you come join me in, in Montana?" And so and then he ended up never leaving. So he came for the mm -hmm. summer, never left. And, um, and then they ended up getting married, my parents the next year, and had me a year later. So in 1977, I was born. And there was, um, but the, the circumstances surrounding that was pretty interesting to uh, or unique, I guess, um, in the sense of they were having actually an out of the body workshop. And so there were, I think, 25 or 30 people there, and they had just completed this spiritual, you know, workshop and practicing this like out of body journeys. And it was really in the seventies, all these kind of wild, <laughs> wild sort of <laughs> experimental workshops. I'm sure people maybe still do that. But um, in any case, um, my mom went into labor and had planned to have me at home. And then I, yeah, I ended up being born outside <laughs> and all the people came to watch me being born. So uh, yeah, so I was literally born into this group of people. And to this day, I still have people that say, hey, I was at your birth. <laughs> I saw you so it was kind of a special entrance into um, the Feathered Pipe Ranch. And, and then I, yeah, I spent my whole um, youth growing up there. And, um, and basically, yeah, as you said in the intro, was surrounded by um, really interesting people coming from all over the world. Um, and they were coming to study yoga and do meditation. Um, we also with like a lot with nutrition and um, natural health and healing. 
and to come into this beautiful place surrounded by nature and just um, really it's the property is surrounded totally by um, thousands of acres of national uh, forest and so it's just really this little speck of pristine nature there so mm. that's how I kind of came into it I, <laughs> I didn't really exactly I guess maybe I chose it but <laughs> that's how I <laughs> landed there Mm. Thank you for sharing that. This sounds like such a beautiful and just magical place. And so I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit more about what is the Feathered Pipe Foundation about? Like, what is your mission and what is the vision for, for, for it? It sounds like it's really been expanded upon since uh, the 70s. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And as you step into, as you've stepped into it, tell us a little more about that vision that you're carrying forward. Yeah. So, I mean, my mom uh, really was a, a visionary person um, and really always saw outside the box and she surrounded herself with people who saw that too. And basically, I think the vision at the time was really to save the world through higher consciousness. And I think it's really a lot on lines with what you're doing on this podcast, but basically yeah, finding all kinds of different modalities and basically experiences, teachings, um, ranging from, you know, ancient teachings to modern day ideas or, or new age ideas, even at the time, we're basically incorporating all of that into figuring out how, basically how to bring peace, peace in the world. So that's kind of where the basis of it was. And the, yeah, the vision is really just creating, yeah, creating a, a healthy and conscious planet. Um, that we can sustain and and enjoy each other <laughs> in peace. And yeah, our mission of the Feathered Pipe Foundation is basically, I don't know the whole vision off the top of my head, but basically creating experiences uh, and um, and programs, um, teaching classes that um, that bring about empowerment, personal empowerment, um, higher consciousness, and really um, comp- embodied compassion. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's very much in line with what we're about at Be the Love Podcast. Probably how how we aligned in those synchronistic uh, ways. Uh, not only did I recently move to Helena, Montana, and um, I shared with you before we hit record, I was like, I actually found out about Feathered Pipe Ranch through two people not from Montana, and they're That's like, amazing. "Oh, you have to go visit," and I'm like, "All right." So I'm looking forward to it definitely when you. Uh, yes, this... you're invited. <laughs> you're invited. <laughs> um, but I love I love how you draw in like this conscious community with people and the planet, and I would love for you to expand on that because it sounds like that's uh, inherent in what you do at Feathered Pipe Ranch and also what we're trying to build here, like spiritual community uh, with Be The Love podcast. So we'd love to share, other than being literally born into a community, um, how that's um, expanded in your work. Yeah. So basically being surrounded by all of these people and some people, they say they were just like a bunch of misfits that showed up and had nowhere else to go. And literally some people just like their car almost broke down, (laughs) just broke down and they ended up coming there um, or just like hearing about it from someone else. And some people just came and ended up spending their whole life, really their whole adult life there. And so it kind of has this vortex of, um, of people who have, who have shown up. And I think the most amazing thing about it is just because it's, it's really a place where you can kind of come as you are 
and be as you are. And it's not about what you do or what you've accomplished. It's just really, yeah, about, about that we can really be ourselves and, and yeah, consciously, um, find ways to communicate with each other and, um, and support each other. So like we have our neighbors, for example, they, um, all came in the early days and ended up basically getting a piece of the the property that surrounds the ranch and have lived there. And they were really like my aunts and uncles. It was like an extended family growing up. And um, I mean, it just, yeah, you just don't get that everywhere nowadays, like where you really feel like you are family with, with people who you live nearby. And, um, and we, yeah, we basically always we're there for each other and living out, of course, in nature, you're, you're, you know, you're in this situation where you <laughs> kind of have to in Montana anyway, but then during the summers, of course, everything opens up and people came to, for example, cooking. Um, and we really concentrated a lot on, um, natural foods, um, and health and healing foods, um, vegetarianism. And so in the seventies, actually, yeah, when my dad arrived at the, at the ranch and then decided to stay after the season was over, uh, my parents together decided to, um, that we needed organic food in Helena and there was nowhere to get it. Um, and it was kind of hard to grow at the ranch. They also tried to make their own gardens up there in the early days. And, um, so anyway, they decided to start the the real food store and in Helena and started out with like bulk beans and rice and and some organic produce and really were I think maybe one of the most the first natural foods um, stores in Montana at the time and um, and really are still there today. So that's been very much a part of the mission too. So I think I got a little side there, but <laughs> the, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is my, I heard on your podcast, um, one of your podcasts too, with um, Nina Simons, Bioneers, and you were talking about, she was talking about um, heart-based leadership and that it really resonated with me too, because that is really what my mom was all about. And, and she always led from the heart. It was never about like a business or about it always was about the human connection and mm -hmm. that's what made it what it is and even if you have no money and no <laughs> no resources and you just have to make do um, if you have that human connection and the heart that can take you so far mm, absolutely that's so beautiful because i think you know when we lead from the heart we can really touch people in such a different way than we could if we if it was just a business, right? And so it sounds like what you're creating there, what you've, you know, carried forward from your parents and just that heart-centered connection um, with compassion and the communication and community. And so I'm wondering if, you know, because there's so many people around that have that feeling of they don't belong, right? And, and there's like this prevalent feeling that so many people have. And it sounds like you've created this community where anybody and everybody is accepted and belongs and their family. And so tell us a little bit more about just maybe what you've seen in that, in those connections with the people that are showing up, like what kind of healing have you seen occur through that process? Well, I think, I, I mean, I think some of it isn't like, um, 
you know, like lightning bolt healing. I think it's that like, not that you go, oh, you got better from this or, you know, but it's like, it's really about making it through life together and being and like long-term connection um, and how important that can be in your life and having like really deep heart connections with people. And I think that that is something that is important. I mean, it's important in our work. It's important in our families. And if, and nowadays, especially, I mean, with online people working remotely and people being separated from each other, like all of these, um, you know, self-checkouts, you don't even talk to <laughs> talk to people anymore. And people, even though we're connected through the internet or through social media, it's like people are feeling lonely and feeling, you know, this emptiness. So I think that that is something that has really been core that what we do at the ranch, both for guests and for people who um, live nearby and for um, and for people who come to work there. Um, it's really it's really about making that deep connection and and being there to support each other in that sense. And and I think that is like the deepest healing. It's the healthiest <laughs> thing you yeah. can do for yourselves. And and that's really um yeah, that's at the, the heart of it is being able to have that connection. And in fact, on our podcast for the Feathered Pipe Foundation coming out this weekend, we've got the dandelion effect. We have Don Ream, who um, he actually does his whole business um, is about bringing compassion and heart into businesses. So now big businesses are actually going, wait a second, even our profits and our bottom line is dependent on on actually making a human connection with people and caring about, you know, the individual and, and in our deep, deep connection with one another. And so even, yeah, big corporate businesses are now starting to do this. So I thought, wow, this is, we've been doing this all along. We didn't even know. Mm. <laughs> the systems are shifting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also yeah. like that we, you know, there's like, I mean, in a lot of workplaces or things like people have, it's like a hierarchical system. And that's something that we really, that's something I've been especially trying to make sure we don't do at, um, at our, at the ranch with the people working there. And that it's actually like each person is integral to what we're doing. And it's like, we can't, one can't function without the other. And it doesn't matter if you're you know, if you're cleaning the toilet or if you're hosting a guest or if you're, you know what I mean? Like every element is important. And I think that's, yeah, that's part of the holistic vision, I think is, mm -hmm. is really valuing the whole and what, yeah. and all of our parts that we make up together. So yeah. I think that's where, yeah, that's where our community basically has played, I think, a, a role in kind of long-term healing or just, well, I guess, well-being more so than healing. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that how nature, you know, because everything is integral within nature influences, you know, the community that is that's created, at, whether at Feathered Pipe or um, others, like everyone has, I don't know if I want to say a role, but everyone has a key piece of uh, they're there and it doesn't matter what the actual job is, but we bring our whole selves to that. I've, I've said many times on other episodes, like as humans, we're just designed as nature to be in community. Like that's how we're wired up. Yes. And it saddens my heart so much, you know, to see people isolate. And I understand for maybe various health reasons. However, 
Uh, I do feel like in order to heal on many levels, physical, mental, emotional, all of those being in community with people who help raise us up. And that's that's the other piece of community. I'd, I'd love for you to speak on um, if you'd like, but some people like, especially since I've moved to a new town, I'm being really intentional of aligning with people that accept me, that help, you know, raise me up and are really have a vision for themselves because it like propels me forward. And, you know, previously, I, I think I was more in a mentality of, well, I've probably been friends with this person a really long, long time, but we're just not aligning anymore. And it's not that, you know, I'm judging that person, but there's also this point of when we feel okay to let community or people go uh, as well. And that's not, you know, a fault of our own, but just realizing that community can help raise us up to, to the direction where we do want to go. Um, I don't know if you have anything in terms of like communicating that of, you know, when you find, you know, whether it's yourself or a person being like, you know, I think this is a different, I need to align myself with a different community as opposed to maybe what I was in or what currently was. Well, I don't, I don't know about, yeah. I mean, of course there's times, <laughs> times that are difficult communications with people or things that are just like, you're like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't really feed my soul if you want to put it in that term. But I, I feel like at the ranch and that's what we've continued to try to do is, is really um, like kind of just really, um, I think in your, in being open, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but in being really like open to connecting to people's, to other people's true selves and that we, um, through doing that and having that openness and that space, um, for people to, to bring in their, their individual ideas and to get excited together. It's like, you kind of meld as a team, I think. And with what I've seen is when you've got people rolling in the same direction, you know, or that they're like, yes, this is with that openness. It's not even that you have to have the same ideas, but that you at least have a sense of, of respect for one another and, and an openness for some ideas and, and, and also being, um, I guess, happy for other people when they come up with a good idea and not jealous <laughs> for that. Oh, why didn't I come up and try to like push that down? Just that kind of um, having that kind of attitude, um, whether it's in our work or in our actual working or in our workshops, I think it, it basically creates this exponentially positive flow. And I mean, that's even something they talk about, I think in physics, it's like the um, emergence and emerging properties. And it's like, you know, or the whole being greater than the individual parts. And I really see that happening um, because the last couple of years, um, I mean, we dealt with like incredibly big transitions with my mom passing away. She was really a, a centerpiece of the, of the community. And she, because she was so full of heart and love, um, she led that example. But sometimes, um, you know, when somebody like that is not there anymore, people just go, oh, <laughs> we don't know what to do anymore, or we're going to fight or, <laughs> you know, just like kind of power play stuff or, you know, things like that, that can happen. So it's like a big transition um, that you get through grief and experiencing grief, mm -hmm. then the pandemic. And then, so then we were closed for almost two years and that experience, then it was like, you kind of had that sense to like step back and reflect and go, okay, we need, it's like you get the people who are really on board and who are really excited and, and about the creativity and really opening up instead of 
you know, pushing down and, um, and kind of stopping, <laughs> stopping the flow of stuff. So thankfully we've been able to create this amazing, um, even a lot of new people we didn't even, you know, know before new friends, um, who have come into the mix. And it's really amazing to see when you've got that kind of positivity, even going through like an intensely crazy time, um, that you can just be like, yes, this is, this mm -hmm. is really exciting. And it's, it's like an exponential growth. Mm -hmm. I think that's really that, that sense of, yeah, of your kind of connecting with your true self and the higher consciousness part. And even if people aren't aware of it as a team, you're like, yes, this is and a team or community. I think it's the same thing. Root Healing is a team of Masoka Buiti science, medical, and hospitality professionals committed to providing safe and effective holistic healing services with iboga. They pair the profound traditional way of holding Buiti ceremonies with Western medical practices to ensure a safe and transformative experience. At Root Healing, they are dedicated to helping you heal, let go of the past, and discover the truth of who you are. Their hope is that iboga can end your healing journey so that you can focus on enjoying the gift of life and being fully present in it. The mission is led by the core values of tradition, safety, study, reciprocity, equitable access, and comprehensive care, which ensures professional, effective, ethical, and responsible healing. Root Healing offers traditional Buiti iboga retreats, iboga detoxes, and specialized treatments in the locations of Sintra, Portugal, full-time, and Chiang Mai, Thailand, several times a year. Visit rootheeling.com to learn more, and you can see the link in our show notes for more details. Yeah, I um I was just thinking, you know, as you're as you're talking like the community together and you know everyone's going to have their different parts coming in, right? And so as you're learning to work together, it, it does create the sense of awareness, but you know, then there's that openness, but like which parts are coming in at each time because people, you know, become maybe triggered or they have their own, you know, stuff that they're working through and, and how to really work together through that in community and for the raising of higher consciousness or coming from a, maybe a higher consciousness um, place through awareness. So Tell us a little bit maybe more about, about that and like how you see that piece coming in as you're working in community and really leading from that place of higher consciousness. So one of the things I really think, uh, I mean, basically, yeah, uh, I guess I have a few answers to that. One is really that, um, I mean, there are so many sources and ways that you can find kind of methodologies to bring that in to what you're doing in a community. And basically, yeah, I kind of always find that it comes back to the same, almost the same concept, um, basically with the awareness, but how do you, how do you actually get awareness? <laughs> how can you become aware? And um, one of the things that I find to be extremely helpful, um, just on a very practical level, but I think it is just so deep, is um, nonviolent communication. Um, practice and um, nonviolent communication is basically a methodology that um, Marshall Rosenberg, um, who has passed away um, some years ago, but he wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication. And basically, he he really went around the world and um, and even 
negotiated or talked with people who were, you know, arch enemies. He went to Israel and Palestine. He went to Africa where there were extremely brutal things, you know, massacres going on, genocides. Um, anyway, he's he worked with some pretty intense stuff, but basically it's stuff that you have. I mean, I have it with my kids, you know, <laughs> the same stuff. It could be over something that is like the silliest, um, you know, like who left their socks on the floor or whatever. And so what I, I found the practice to be very useful. And um, would you like me to explain a little bit about how? Yes, yes, please. How, how the yes. practice works. So it's, um, I mean, it's pretty simple, but basically um, the first thing you do, like, so say you have, um, and this can be even communicating with yourself, um, or it can be communicating with other people. And in fact, I use it on myself all the time because of course there's frustrating things that happen and, and to catch yourself and be like, wait, is this frustrating? Is this me being <laughs> overreacting or is this what's going on here? So basically the steps are, first of all, you observe and you observe without any judgment. So um, say with the socks on the floor, my kids left their socks on the floor. I see the socks are on the floor. And then you feel what you're feeling. And I go, baby, I'm thinking like, oh, how could they leave their socks on the floor? I'm feeling angry, but that's a, that's the judgment. So I have to go, okay, that's a judgment about maybe why they were <laughs> leaving their socks on the floor. So, but I then feel myself, okay, uh, what is it that I, I may be angry. And then you, so you feel your feelings and then you figure out what it is that you want, because he basically Marshall Rosenberg says that any of our emotions or feelings are based on unmet needs. So my need might be to have a clean floor that I'm not, so I'm not going to trip over, <laughs> over this sock um, that's in the floor. This is just super silly examples, but I get in touch with my need. And then I make, then the last step is you make a request. So then I would ask, and it's a request with no expectations. So you basically would say, you know, son, would you please pick, or, or first you actually say this, sorry, step back a second. I would say, I see there's a sock on the floor, no judgment. And I'm feeling a little bit frustrated because I would like to be able to walk um, across the floor without tripping over the sock. Would you mind picking it up? And then you have to also be open to not, um, like if the person says, no, I'm not going to pick that up, that that's okay. You have to be able to accept that. So mm -hmm. it's essentially observing without judgment, getting in touch with your feelings, um, figuring out what your unmet need is in uh, relation to that, and then making a request. Um, but the cool thing is you can do it with yourself. Um, you can also do it with other people. And, and when you're, and you can try to find out, like, say they're upset or angry, you can try to figure out what it is, what's going on for them right now. It's not about something that happened in the past. It's also really very much in the present, which mm -hmm. I'm sure, as you know, and talk about on this podcast, it is, um, that's key is if we're not like living in the past or living in the future, it's what I feel and what I need right now and how I can request that and not make judgments. Um, and then the other element of it is listening um, empathetically uh, with people and really connecting on a human heart level. And so even if somebody is yelling at you, like he uses the example, like if somebody says, um, if they say like idiot, and then, and that, that maybe that, that, that person would just 
actually need, there might be something they're trying to basically blame somebody else. Maybe they have a need or they're in pain or something like that. So basically, even if somebody says something that's like, why, you know, like that you would be offended <laughs> maybe about that you could um, then get um, kind of not listen to that as a personal, you don't take it personally. So that's like another like key thing um, that I think we can use in everyday life. You don't take it personally. And then you try to connect on a human level through empathy. And empathy is basically understanding somebody without necessarily, without agreement. You can just mm -hmm. really try to understand and connect. Anyway, it goes into a deeper, he's got quite a lot of different techniques with it, but I think it really is key because you get in the present, you get um, also self taking yourself responsibility um, in what you're doing. So you never say like, I have to do this. You can check in with yourself and say, do I, you know, I choose to do this because <laughs> of whatever reason. And so, and, and if you get to the bottom of it and say, you know, I'm, I actually don't choose to do this. I don't like this at all. And it's not fulfilling anything for me. Then you can say to yourself, okay, I'm going to change and do something else. So I think it's really very much about getting attuned with the present, getting attuned with um, the other person, especially, and also voicing your, your own needs and trying to find out what somebody else's needs are. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? I don't know if I described that very well. <laughs> No, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's such a beautiful process. And, you know, I love that how we can, you know, not only use it in communication with others, you know, as we're trying to take responsibility for ourselves and, you know, and take the judgment out of it. But then there's that element of how, how can we start talking to ourselves, right? Because it really starts with the self, like how we talk to ourselves is how we tend to talk, you know, to, or judge others, right? And so I love that. Can you maybe give a little bit more of an example about how one can use it for themselves if they're, you know, going down that rabbit hole of spiraling thoughts? So like, I'll give a super easy example, like in the, um, in the kitchen, say I'm, I need to cook dinner, say it's time to cook dinner for my kids and, um, or my fam my whole family. And I am tired and whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I start to think I have to cook dinner again. Why did I, I've cooked dinner five times this week and I'm just tired and <laughs> thinking that maybe I start to feel like I'm a victim. And, and it's like, as soon as I'm really trying to consciously do that in my everyday life is Anytime I start to feel like that, I go, wait a second, what am I doing here? Why do I, why am I feeling like this? So you just stop and check in with yourself. So that's the first thing in, in communicating nonviolently with yourself, stop, take a deep breath. And then, um, and sometimes you're too late, but if you can catch it and become aware of it and, and practice, um, then you basically can, I think you can kind of intercept. Um, and so, okay. So then I take a deep breath. And I think, okay, do I, you know, am I really too tired to cook? I can say, do you actually want to cook, Crystal? Do you, or do you want to find another option? And you kind of start to open up your options mm -hmm. and, and feel like, okay, maybe I'm just feeling tired. Maybe I should sit down for a few minutes and give myself a rest and then cook. Or I have other options. I could, um, you know, maybe I'm just feeling a little bit stressed, but I can check back in and say, okay, why? ask myself really 
why am I feeling like this? What's my unmet need? And if my unmet need is just, maybe it could even be a little bit of respect and recognition and say, wow, Crystal, you already cooked dinner. You cooked dinner five times this week already. And it was delicious. And that's so wonderful. You can feed your family and, um, you know, and that they'll actually eat it (laughs) (laughs) and whatever. So you basically just kind of give yourself empathy and then realize that you have a choice. And so I can say, I have a choice to do this and I am choosing, then I'll, I usually do choose to still do it. And I say, I am choosing to do this because I, I really, it's, it's an important thing for me to feed my family. And I know they're, they're going to enjoy it (laughs) and we can sit together and enjoy this beautiful dinner. So, and then basically you, yeah, it's about, yeah, really giving yourself empathy, taking a little pause when you when you start to feel stressed and then really realizing, yes, I'm a free agent within this and I have a choice and it's not an, I have to, it's, I want to, or I choose to. And I think for me, just as like on the side, I, I really love to do um, re, like positive framing or reframing of things because I think it's that I think is, is right on, lo- on line with nonviolent communication too, is really just going, yeah, seeing yeah, problems become opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's, yeah, it's like you have little problems that could be problems all day long. And if yeah. you take the moment to, to reassess and go, wait a second, is this, is this actually a problem? And no, it's an opportunity to make a new choice or to redirect stuff. Yeah, I, I love how that process allows you to what I would call like shift the perspective. And that's yes. what I do a lot with the women that I do coaching with is, and and I think a, a really good place of to be, to become more self-aware takes practice. I think many people might have this expectation like, oh, I should be doing this right away all the time. And from my own personal experience and the women that I've worked with, I'm like, no, it's, it's like a habit we slowly develop. And, you know, once we, occasionally catch ourselves going down the rabbit hole, you know, but after a while, it it does become, you know, more of a pattern. And I can say that personally for myself, I used to have just rampant negative self-talk and thought, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to sit and meditate with all this chatter, 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 you know, going through my mind. But slowly, you know, as I increased my self-awareness for me, it was like guided meditation. And that did have a process to it that I was able to realize, I'm like, oh my gosh, I deserve so much more compassion and empathy for myself. Like I could give it to friends or I could give it to family. But like Stacy mentioned earlier, like it starts within. Um, and so for me to give authentically from that place of empathy and compassion, we do need tools. And I think the nonviolent communication process is a great way to develop, you know, that awareness within ourselves. And then we get to gift that to other people in, in our circle. So that's a really powerful practice. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you. Shifting gears just a little bit. We mentioned a little bit about like higher consciousness, and I think this kind of weaves in a little bit, so not too much of a shift, but what are some ways we can implement higher consciousness in our everyday. I know, I think some people compartmentalize it to a certain day or a certain time, but just in like our everyday going about, how can we weave that in? 
So I think, yeah, basically it's a little bit along the lines of what I was talking about already, but I I see basically the whole day, (laughs) every day, and especially when you have kids or you have a busy, maybe a busy work life, um, that you can implement it all day long, every day. And I think it's important because, because it's like, you, if you can meditate in perfect silence or perfect quiet, that's great. But if you can kind of bring your contemplative practice or your meditation into your like busy, you know, when there's busyness, because mostly it's not perfect. It's not like we have that perfect, you might be able to create it for some short amount of time of like the perfectly silent thing. But it's like, sometimes I find it's even more difficult for me to come back into busyness if I've had that like perfection. Like if I take the day and go to a sauna and relax all day and then I come back, I'm all like blissed out. And I come back to my, you know, come back home, three kids, got to do all the chores and get everything going. The laundry's piling up. So then my, like something I really like to try to do is bring it back in and go, okay, how can I still find that serenity and peace in myself as I go about a pretty busy life? which is not to say not to take not to take the moments to really relax and and take time for yourself or quiet time but when you can't um in your everyday life i think yeah for me i think it really comes back to really getting in touch again like through either through nonviolent communication methods in myself or other i mean there's all kinds of contemplative practices Eckhart Tolle talks about or people talk about being in the moment or just taking a deep taking some deep breaths in and out these kind of things you can bring in. And I think it's just good to check in with yourself, like as you're doing, as you're going about your busy day life and check in and go, wait, how am I, how am I, how are you feeling right now? How am I feeling inside my body? And am I, yeah, catching myself as I, if I feel like I'm turning into like starting to like get angry or frustrated with something and go, wait a second, stop, just take a deep breath and just feel what I'm feeling and then, yeah, figure out how to proceed. And I think a lot with that reframing that I was talking about positive framing, I think that is key when you're trying to bring higher consciousness into everyday life with your family um, Mm. and being surrounded by, yeah, maybe busy times. So, and I also try to bring that in with my, with my kids and we try to like, if my little one comes to me and she's really upset we just like look at each other and kind of lock in on each other's eyes and focus. And I just say, I'm here, I'm here with you. I want to listen to you. And I find actually even she's five now, but it's like you, like, as soon as she knows that I want to listen to what, even if it's something that's like ridiculous and she's coming, (laughs) is coming to tell on her older siblings or something and, or, you know, something that she's just like whining about. It's like, I, I think that moment of connection, taking a deep breath together and just letting, letting her know I'm there for her and listen and say, I under, you know, understand, repeat it back what she said. And then mostly it kind of goes away. And I see this all as, as a part of higher consciousness, even though it's really just like kind of getting through the day. But I think that that is, it can make every, it basically has that effect of making people around you more, more fulfilled or feeling like they got empathy and support and, um, and yourself. So. Mm -hmm. 
I love that because, you know, even, you know, with that example with your daughter, it's like, you know, when she's coming to you and you, you get to take a deep breath together, it's your nervous system, her nervous system is regulating and, you know, she's upset. And so it, it helps move that energy and, and, you know, calm that and, and how healing and, and how beautiful of a model that can be, you know, just if we all bring that into the lives of our children and, and just to say, I'm here with you and, and what that would do for humanity, if we can all just take that moment from that higher place of consciousness. And I'm, I'm wondering too, just to kind of touch a little bit on, because I think there's, you know, parts of our, our ego self that can come in and take over versus our, our true self. Right. And I'm wondering if we can just kind of touch on that a little bit and, you know, how can we move out of ego into our true self and really how do we, how can we recognize when we're operating from both sides and how do we switch into our true self? If that question makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think we've touched on some of the, some of the elements of that throughout this conversation, but I think really, I mean, the ego is basically, um, not bad, but it's, it basically gives us the perspective to find, <laughs> to find the things that are much more broad, um, in our true selves. And I think basically egos are generally limiting, get you stuck into judgment and feeling like you need approval from other people. And basically, um, yeah, thinking about our own, <laughs> our own things. And it also puts you in time crunches and stress and all of these things. Whereas our true selves are really, um, it's creative, they're limitless, timeless. And it's just like really the element of our being. And I think, I mean, some of it really has to goes back to being present. Um, in, and I think when we're present, we really, then you kind of get yourself out of that time lock. <laughs> and that is, yeah, I think that's really the key of it. And I think once you, once you realize that we are all connected as human beings, that we're all living on this planet together, and you feel part of this bigger like the bigger whole or the universe or beyond, I think that is all of the daily stuff and things that we worry about, it just melts away. So I mm -hmm. think that's when we kind of can feel we're kind of getting out of <laughs> getting out of our egos. And of course, it's easy to slip back in, but it's kind of fun when you start, I just do it as a practice that I kind of try to I try to identify in myself when I feel like I'm falling into victimhood, or when I feel like I'm being angry at things that don't mean, really mean anything at all, or really not connecting. And that's, um, that's when I kind of go, whoa, this is a little wake up call. I can, I can, you know, figure out how to meditate in loud, in a loud room, and I can figure out how to open my heart and connect with others. That's beautiful. And I think that is probably a beautiful way to wrap up our conversation. So uh, Crystal, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and what you're currently working on? Yeah. So you can find us at featheredpipe.com. And, um, and we've got from the website, that's for the Feathered Pipe Foundation, um, from the website, you can see all about the retreats that we have in person, as well as connect in with our community. Um, we've got a community page that has all kinds of blog um, resources from teachers, many, many wonderful teachers, some articles for us, and you can connect with us on social media. I don't do very much social media myself, but, um, <laughs> but you can find all of our email contact on the website. And we would love to see you at the Feathered Pipe Ranch. We've got our season is 
starting up again in June, I believe, or the very end of May. Um, and we just run from May until, uh, or sorry, June through the end of September. So we've got um, weekly workshops there and it's in a small, basically a small group comes each week and it's really lovely. So I really mm. hope that you can come up at least to visit us to um, Brenda and Stacy, and would love to see you up there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a beautiful place. And I, yes, look forward to checking it out myself. So absolutely. Well, thank you, Crystal, for being thank here you. with us today and yeah, sharing this beautiful conscious conversation. Yeah. And thank you for listening to Be The Love podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your family and friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.